it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I'm going to have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It always provides direction when we need it. And so I step back so the Spirit of God can use me and infuse in me what you want to say to your people. And I thank you that life is going to come from what's spoken. Prosperity is going to come from what's spoken. And direction is going to come from what's spoken. And so, Lord, I declare in advance that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow this word because Jesus always confirms his word with signs following. And that's what I am going to teach today in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So today we're closing our first series of the year that's been entitled God First. Everybody say God First. And this series has been designed to help you and I get in alignment with God so that he has first priority in our lives. And I said this on last week and it it bears repeating. I believe how you start your year will impact the rest of your year. I'm going to say that again. I believe how you start your year will impact the rest of your year. So this is our final teaching today, which will be somewhat of of, of a summary of what I've been teaching over the last four weeks. And so if you're taking notes this morning, my message title is Require First. Require First. Now, I had a video all set for you all to watch. I was the special guest in the video, and we just could not get the video to work properly. So uh, in the video, uh, I'll just tell you what I had in the video. I started it out with a wave cap. And I was telling you how dedication and consistency and motivation has gotten me this far. And so I, I, I was going to reveal to you my wave process and where I am in that. And, uh, you know, and And so uh, one of the things I said in there, because since we don't have the video, in just a minute I'm going to have them to show the picture. Don't show it yet. And uh, uh, I I forgot to tell the ushers to pass out some seasick pills. (laughs) Now, if you're visiting, you won't get it, but you'll get it when I do the message here. You'll get it when I do the message. Because the, the whole focus was... There were three things that I've been teaching that helps us be uh, to seek God first, and it was dedication, motivation, and consistency. So I'm going to show you that, uh, and then I have some lessons for you at the end of this that I'm going to teach you. But let me just show you my process, my progress over the last six weeks. So you all go ahead and throw the picture up. Oh, 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 don't hurt him. Don't hurt them. Go ahead and flip the next one. Let me see. Is there another? Oh! 
Y'all give Pastor Evan a big hand clap. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody say dedication, motivation, and consistency. Praise the Lord. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Because uh, I want to show you that there is a requirement that we must have and that God has for you and I to get him to add the things into our lives. And so Matthew 6, 25 I'm starting here just for context purposes, okay? It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or what you shall put on your body. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much clothe, uh, shall he not much clothe you? O ye of little what? Okay, so faith is involved here somewhere. Watch now what he says in verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, say no thought. Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Watch verse 33. Let's read it together. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, when we started our series, we looked up this word seek. And here's why we did that. Because if he told us that he would add things to our lives, if we sought him first, then we must understand what it means to seek him. Because if we don't do that properly, then he's not committed to adding. He said he would add when we seek first. And so there were four meanings for this word seek that we looked at. The first meaning which we did in week number two was to go about. That's external. That's physical. The second meaning was to desire. Say to desire. And that was internal. We talked about the heart. The third meaning of this word uh, seek was to inquire. We talked about that on last week. If you missed it, go back and watch the video. And that was verbally. And then today, the fourth meaning is to require. Say require. And that's expectantly. Now, remember, I said this on last week, that the New Testament was written in Greek. And so when the translators translated it into English, they did that so we could read it. Sometimes they would use different English words to just describe one Greek word. And so this Greek word for the word seek had several different different English translations. And so one of them shows up uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 as the word require. And the only reason I'm showing you this is to prove to you that the word seek also means require. It's used in 1 Corinthians 4, 2. It says, moreover... It is required, or I'm going to say it like this, it is a requirement in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful, okay? So let's do this. Let's insert this word requirement in uh, Matthew 6.33 and let's read it that way, okay? So it would say this, but require you first from the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So now let me just say this. Require first the kingdom. Because when you put your requirement 
on God and the kingdom first, it takes pressure that you might put on people. Have you ever had people to bring a prayer request to you, but it's not really a prayer request. It is a subliminal message for you to help them. How many have had that before? Somebody did that to you? All right. Well, maybe if your hand didn't go up, you were the subliminal person. No, I'm just playing. Require first the kingdom. So what does the word require mean? When you look it up in the dictionary, it means to impose the need for something. And it also means, watch this now, this is, this is good to swallow, to call on authoritatively or with authority. To call on with authority. So let's put this definition in Matthew 6.33. But require, impose the need for, or call on with authority first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when you do that, all the things you need will be added by God. So let me ask you a question. Did you know that God expects us to not only come to him, but to come to him boldly when we have a need? He expects, listen now, he expects us to impose, watch this, the need for him to come and help us. And he expects us to come to him with boldness. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says this. Let us therefore come, how class? Boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when we have a what? When we have a what? When we have a what? Okay, so when you when need surfaces in your life, don't cry about it. Go boldly to the throne about it so God can do something about it. Amen. So there are two sides to this word require. There are two sides. It's first our side and then it's God's side. If you, let's just use an example for us. If you are requiring something, that means uh, of you requiring something from someone, that means that you have an expectation of them. Uh, For example, if you are a hiring manager for your company and there was a position that you wanted to start interviewing for, if you said one of the requirements was for the applicant to have at least a bachelor's degree, then your expectation of everyone who applied would be that they at least have that minimum requirement. Say amen if you understood that. Okay, so what you and I must display is expectation on our end when we require. Now, on God's side, it's a little different because there is something that God requires from everyone regardless of who they are and regardless of what their need is. He requires faith. Just like you would require someone to to have a bachelor's degree to apply for that job, God requires faith from everyone who desires something from him. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We all know this verse, but I want you to connect this verse to you have an expectation so that God can add these things into your life because it's not automatic. Listen to me, church. The promises of God to come to pass in your life are not automatic because if they were automatic, you would not have these. Right. Hebrews eleven six says, but without what class? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that comes to God, they must believe that he is. And they must believe that he is a rewarder. He's an adder to those who diligently what? Seek him. Now here's my question. Why faith? Because faith, this invisible force called faith, is something that he's put inside of every believer And that will allow you and I to have the power to please him, but also have the power to receive from him. You see, all, everybody say all. All, each and every one of God's promises require faith to receive them. Watch this. Before manifestation will show up in your life. And this is a problem because we want it to be automatic. But very few things in life is automatic. All right? He made a promise in Matthew 6.33. He said he would add things to our life. Okay. So if that's the case now, remember now, I always teach you this. In fact, they're going to put this up here. I always teach you that God is a God of principle, protocol, and promises. Everybody say principles, protocol, and promises. So when you're dealing with God, when you're reading his word, when you're needing something from him, you need to have the mindset that this is God's operation way of operating. He is a God of principles, protocol, and and promises. And the principle is what God wants us to do. The protocol is how he wants us to go about doing it. And then the promises are the blessings he's promised us as a result of obeying him. So watch this now. Let's go to Matthew 6.33. Because the principle in Matthew 6.33 is for us to seek him. That's what he asked us to do. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. So the principle in this verse we've been studying is for you and I to seek God and his kingdom. The protocol, remember now, the protocol is how or the way he wants us to do something. Well, the protocol in Matthew 6.33 is that he wants us to do that first. Well, you are with me. See, protocol is just his way of saying, okay, I don't just want you to give to me. I want you to give it to me first. See, that's protocol. So, Matthew 6.33, seeking him is the principle. The protocol is to do it first. And the promise is that he'll add all the things we need to our lives. So, there is a promise involved in Matthew 6.33. That means now we will have to exercise some faith to get the promise. I'm going to say it again. Because all of the promises of God are required by faith. Now, I'm going to read Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 because I'm going to show you two verses in the Bible that prove to you and I that it takes faith to receive the promises. And this is going to help some of you all because you can cry all day and God will catch every one of your tears in his invisible bottle. But if you don't exercise some faith, you just waste the tears. Amen. Now you say, well, Pat, Pastor, don't God feel sorry for people? He does. But we just read in Hebrews eleven six his requirement, the only way to please him is by faith. Because if God just moved because he felt sorry for people, there would be no starving people in Africa. Amen. Watch this, Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why? 
Why did Jesus hang on a tree? Why did Jesus redeem us from the curse of the law? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And that we, the Gentiles, who have been saved through Jesus Christ, might receive the promise of the what? Spirit, how? Through faith. So when you and I get born again, when we get the Holy Spirit, when we lombano the Holy Spirit, that means being able to speak in tongues. When you get born again of that Spirit, it takes faith to receive it. Watch Hebrews 11.24. Now I'm going to read this text because Hebrews 11, sometimes you can just read it and not pay attention. But the whole purpose of the, the whole chapter, chapter is to show us that these people did everything they did with faith. Hebrews eleven twenty four. What's the first two words? Come on, class. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But watch verse 27. What's the first two words, class? By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Verse 28, what's the first two words? Through faith, he, Moses, kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Verse 29, what's the first two words? By faith, they, the children of Israel, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians... Uh, were drowned by. Verse 30, what's the first two words? By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about for seven days. Verse 31, what's the first two words? By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with those that believed not. See, people only perish who don't believe. The Bible says, by faith... She, the harlot Rahab, perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Verse 32 says, what shall I say the more? He's about to do a summary now of this chapter. He says, what should I say the more? For the time, we would run out of time to tell us about Gideon and about Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David, and of Samuel, and all the prophets. And watch verse 33, what it says about these people. Who through what, class? Who through what? So all of these people, through faith, they did this. They subdued kingdoms. But watch this. And through faith, they wrought righteousness. Watch this now. And also through faith, what else did they do? Ah, they obtained what? promises and so if you and i are going to see the promise of god adding to our lives we're gonna have to exercise our faith and faith is always expressed listen to me or shown when we hear god's word remember now you cannot get faith developed without hearing the word and that's why i'm so big on hearing the word faith comes by hearing and hearing by Okay, so you and I, we express our faith or we show our faith when we hear God's Word, when we believe God's Word, because you can hear it and not believe it. Just like somebody can tell you, say, girl, don't go down Debbie Lane. There's a big hole in the street, and you don't believe her, and you just go right in the hole. 
So she told you, but you chose not to believe. Well, sometimes you can hear the word and not choose to believe it. So we have to hear the word. We have to believe the word. Watch this. We have to obey God's word. And here's the part that I want you to get today. We have to expect God to perform what he said he would do from his word. In other words, listen to me now. If you've never understood faith, here's a good class on this. Faith will not work without expectation. Okay, I'm going to show you now Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. You may not have ever seen it this way. And this is why God doesn't come through with a lot of people, for a lot of people, because they refuse to expect. And here's why they don't expect, because they don't want to be let down. But you can't put God in the same category as people. Just because mama, daddy, granny, grandpa, whoever, auntie, auntie, uh, uncle, and Tay-Tay, and Bobo, and BB, and all those other people, just because they let you down doesn't mean God is in the same category. Amen. So watch this now. It says, now faith is the substance of things, what class? Hope for and it's also the evidence of things not seen. I'm explaining it, but I want to read the Living Bible translation because when you when you read it, it it's going to help us understand what that word hope means. It says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. So let me explain. It says, for faith is the sums of things hoped for. When you look that word hope up, it means expect. So faith is the substance of things that we expect. No expectation, your faith's not working. And so for God to add some things to our lives, we have to start expecting him to do it. We're believing that this is a year of double. Everybody say double. We're a year of double. And, and we're in faith for that. I'm in faith for that. I want to see God do some things in my life that I can't do on my own. Amen. And the only way that that's going to start happening is you got to produce some expectation in your life. God requires faith from us and faith always requires expectation. So I'm getting ready to end my my message here because I want to give you some lessons that I learned on my wave journey that I believe can help you with your seeking God first journey. All right? So here is lesson number one. Well, let me just say this. I applied the three principles that I have been giving you all. I applied dedication, motivation, and consistency. Everybody say dedication, motivation, and consistency. Now, we we define dedication means to be wholly committed to something. It means to be devoted. And dedication is the key if you're going to be able to carry out any commitment in your life. Whatever commitment you're making this year, you're going to have to be dedicated to that commitment. You must be all in to maintain your dedication. So after I made a decision to be a waiver. I had to become dedicated to doing the things that waivers do consistently. So here's the first thing I had to become dedicated to do. I had to become dedicated to brushing my hair for at least an hour a day. An hour a day. 
never brush my hair an hour a day. I didn't even see the need to brush my hair for an hour a day. But my waiver counselor (laughs) advised me. So I had to be dedicated. And so I would break up the hour, 15 minutes a day. I would go into a brush session. Because if you are a serious waiver, you don't care where you brush. I would brush in the car. I would brush. Look, my mom, I had to take her to the doctor. I'm in the doctor's room and brush it. These waves didn't show up just because I wanted them. Weight don't drop off just because you wanted to. I had to put the work in by brushing and I had to brush consistently. And watch this now. My dedication was proven, watch this, by my brushing. Well, did you know that uh, one of the signs of your dedication of seeking God first is your church attendance? Do you know that your church attendance is a sign if you are dedicated to seeking God? Because you can't seek God and not come to his house. It's impossible. He said, don't, don't, listen, don't, don't stop assembling yourselves together. If you're not coming to church, your dedication is slipping. When I was growing up, they had a song, time keep on slipping, slipping, slipping into the... Got some old people in the room. Yeah. I ain't going to be able to do that in the second service. They going to be clueless. If you desire to see God add everything you need to your life, then you're going to have to seek him first every day. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to read your Bible. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to talk to God before you talk to anyone else. When you have a need in your life, you're not going to, you're going to, listen, you're going to have to seek him first before you ask anybody else for help. Here's the second lesson that I learned is I had to start wearing my do-rag or my wave cap every day, especially at night. Now, being a waiver, touch your neighbor and say, he's a waiver, he's a waiver. Yes, I'm now qualified. I am now in the family. Being a waiver requires dedication and so does seeking God first. And just like I had to start, watch this now, I had to start, start doing some things and I had to stop doing some things, watch this, to get the manifestation of waves And you and I are going to have to start doing some things and stop doing some things in order for us to seek God first in our lives. Amen. Where you may have been used to getting up or uh, staying up late to 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, going to bed late. Listen, you now might have to go to bed a little earlier so you can get up now and spend some time with God. Instead of checking your social media on your phone, first thing when you get up, no, first thing you're going to get up, before you check your phone, you're going to get on the throne. Not on the throne, you're going to go to the throne. <laughs> I mean, you can go to the throne if you need to. 
But you know what I'm saying. Here's lesson number three I learned. Here's lesson number three. I had to invest some money to purchase additional items that would help me maintain my wave journey. Now, now, in lesson number three, when we talked about the heart being, you know, that, that's where things start with us, the heart. If you made a commitment to start honoring God with that first 10% of all your increase, then that's just like what I had to do. I had to now spend some money that I wasn't used to spending on. I had to go and, uh, and, 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 and l- listen to my wave counselor to see what he was recommending. And uh, I had to try different things to make sure it fit, you know, because we all have different textures. And, and so my wave counselor's hair was a little different. So I had to try some things out. I had to be willing to put some money up. And see, here's the thing. If you're going to honor God the starting of this year for the rest of this year with your money, it's an investment, not an expense. Watch this. Let's go back to Matthew 6.20. I said this verse uh, in lesson number three, but I want to say it again. It says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So when you and I give to the kingdom, we're laying up treasures for ourselves. In other words, giving is benefiting me. It has nobody else in the equation. Never add the beneficiary to a seed that you've sown in your life. Because the sowing is for you. And here's what I've discovered. Ask me what I've discovered. I've discovered the, the, the problem with the average person, especially when it comes to, you know, somebody like me, who, uh, when I say somebody like me, uh, I can be easily judged because you can just look on the outside and be like, well, why he do that? So people normally have a problem, but here's the problem. They normally look at your harvest, but they didn't see the seed you sowed. Because you don't know what that person put in the ground. You don't know what they sacrificed for years to get where they are. Amen? He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures, where class? In heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. Because he says this, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So here's another test. Just like your church attendance is a sign of how dedicated you are to seeking God. Your giving God first is a sign of where your heart is towards Him. Where your treasure is, what it say? You're going to find your heart. Here's number four. This is good right here. I had to experience short-term discomfort in order to experience long-term results and satisfaction. I'm going to say that again. I had to experience short-term discomfort in order to experience long-term satisfaction because I had to do something that I don't ever remember doing. See, let me give you the protocol of a waiver. If you're going to start waving, 
You have to wolf. How many know what wolfing is? You don't know. Okay. Uh, now, now, what is wolfing? Wolfing is you have to let your hair grow. I was a every week haircut person. Because I'm real tedious anyway. And so I wanted to look good. And so now Pastor Evan was going to have to go, watch this, six to eight weeks minimum without a haircut. Oh, my gosh. Six to eight. And so, by the, just so you know, my last haircut, other than the one that I just got Friday, was seven weeks ago. And you, listen. I was tempted to cut it. Now, when I say cut, I mean all of this. I just kind of got an edge and they, you know, tapered it back here. But I'm, I mean, not a haircut. And every time I would be tempted, I'll tell you my next point what I did. Because temptation's going to come. Look at your neighbor and say, temptation's going to come. I needed to woof my hair. Because it needed to grow out long enough for waves to develop. And you may not know this, but I'm going to give you an education on it. Because I found out there's a whole wave community out there. A whole community. And, and here is the process. You may not have known this. And this may not be spiritual at all, but it will help you though. Waves are nothing but curls laid down. And that's why you have to wear your do-rag and that's why you have to brush. Because as you brush, what happens is the waves get developed. But listen, if you don't put the do-rag on, you can't save your work. So in order for you to seek God first and keep him first, it's going to probably produce some discomfort for you up front. You may not be used to coming to church every week because the majority of people that joined this church weren't going to church consistently before they got to us. I get it. Maybe it's going to be discomfortable to give to God first. So you're going to experience some discomfort in order for you to seek Him first and keep Him first. And the New Living Translation of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 will help us. It says no discipline because that's what it's about. See, I had to find other things to do while I was brushing because to me it's a waste of carnal time to just brush your hair. So I would brush and pray. I would brush and hear the word. I would put my my phone on the phone app, the Bible app, and I would listen to the Bible as I... Right? He says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful fruit of harvest, right, of right living for those who are trained in this way. Watch the message translation. At the time, discipline isn't fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. But later, of course, it pays off handsomely. <laughs> For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. You show me somebody who's seeking God consistently and putting Him first, they will mature in their relationship with God. Here's the last one, and we're closing. 
I decided, ooh, this is so good. I decided to watch wave videos of those who succeeded in their journey, their wave journey, so that I stayed motivated through the process. Because I can't tell you how many times I wanted to cut my hair. I wanted to wave, but I wanted to cut my hair. It's like a single person. You want to be consecrated to the Lord, but you're still having sex. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. Come on now. Paul said the good I do, I don't do. What I don't do, I shouldn't do, I do. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. That's some single people. But see, temptation ain't wrong until you do it. Just because you feel tempted to want to go out there and enjoy yourself doesn't mean that it's wrong. And I wanted to cut my hair so many times, but you know what I would do? I would watch the videos of successful waivers and get inspired. I would just watch them. That dude's hair is, woo I mean, if some of these guys, if I saw them in person, I'd be like, man, your hair is amazing. They'd have been like, what? Hello? Hello? No, some of these guys, I'm like, it, it didn't even look real. Their waves looked like, like it was custom made. I was like, how did they do that? And so I would just watch and get motivated. It's just like when you, listen, uh, if you need motivation for something, if you want to, if you want to learn how to cook, watch people who cook. If you want to get motivated to exercise, watch the exercise people on TV while you're laying in the bed. And here's the thing. Watch this now. As I watched these, I learned and discovered small things that would help me have a huge impact on my wave journey. I discovered after 54 years, well, not that long because I wasn't trying to get waves at one. (laughs) But I discovered after years, I was wearing my wave cap wrong. That's why I would have this line across my forehead because I was not wearing my wave cap right. Through watching the videos, I discovered how to wear properly my wave cap. And this series, you need to hear it over and over at least once a month so that it stays in your spirit because faith comes by hearing and not by having heard. And if you're going to keep God first, and watch this, and if you're going to stay motivated, you got to hear the word for it to get in your spirit. And when you start getting that, when you start seeing yourself getting down, put the video of the first series in. When you see yourself wanting to cheat on God, put the first series in. When you see yourself needing a boost, put the series in. When you see some need, piling up in your life and God said he would add it put the series in because when you put the series in guess what's going to happen it's going to add some faith to your life now I'm going to do this last verse to prove to you that 
You need an example in your life to succeed spiritually in your life. Go ahead and put up the next verse. Uh, I don't have it on my tablet. It says, this is Hebrews 6.12, that you and I be not what? What does that word mean? Lazy. He said, don't be lazy, but followers of those, watch this, who through their faith and their patience did what? He said, listen, you need to follow, you need to watch, you need to watch and follow people who have gone through the journey before you and you have watched them inherit the promise and use their patience to get it. And I'm, listen, I'm that person in your life. It took us 14, well, 13 years to get this building and there were times I wanted to quit. There were times I wanted to buy a building. But you know what? You know what I did? I just rehearsed the promise. You said you would plant us in a place and move no more. You said you would plant us in a place that we move no more. You said you would plant us in a place where we move no more. You said you would plant us in a place and we move no more. You said you would plant us in a place and we move no more. You said you would plant us in a place and we move no more. People talking about it. When y'all gonna get in that school? Uh, what y'all do? Plant us in a place and I don't want to move no more. No, no. Listen, listen, listen. That's what, listen. Stop nursing your problems and start rehearsing the word. Did y'all get something out of the word today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. With every head bowed, there are some people in the room. Here we are, February, second month in the year, and you're slowly tiltering away from being dedicated, motivated, and consistent in your seeking God first. It's just a simple decision. To get back on track. Here's my question as we close. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not sure.